TTP is in the house, you guys. All three of us. All three. We have referenced Madison countless. Countless. Every episode? I would like to find an episode where I don't talk about Madison. You talk about me a lot. I don't, there's probably not one. Um, So, and she's hopped on one other time. Yeah, with a clean shirt. Yes. And this is a, (laughs) this is a crisp. I am crisp. Buttoned down, unbuttoned. She's looking fresh. She's looking fly. My my pants are too tight. So, oh, let it fly. Madison, everybody, welcome in, Mads. Um, and I did want to say and point out, Madison is drinking from a vase. Is it a vase? <laughs> this Wait. is not a vase. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Look at the bottom. And my grandma got me flowers, <laughs> had them delivered. Okay, well, it looks like a whiskey glass, and I'm drinking vodka lemonade. Wait, I would have thought I would have thought the same thing. <laughs> Un vas. Un vas. Yeah. Is now Just drinking vodka. A nice thick bottom. Thick bottom gal. No. That's you, Rachel. <laughs> That's Matt's too. Matt's ass is. Hey, I did not know that I had an ass until just recently. Yeah, well, you'd learn to embrace it. Joe's been uh, making some flat ass from. jokes, and uh, they're going a little too <gasps> far. <laughs> I forget. I can't remember the exact joke. Oh, just because I I rip on him for everything. Oh, like any you can censor this. Any like small dick references, just to like to make him humble. That's yeah, not the case, I get but it. I'm just saying, I like, it. I always am just ripping on him. And it, he was like, fine. Like, how do you like it? You're as flat as a board or something. And I was like, did you say, Bro. you know, I actually have a flat ass. It's not funny. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's 100 percent my biggest insecurity. So it's like I never want to have dumpy butt in my pants, you know? No. Droopy butt. Droopy, you never, you don't saggy. have a droopy butt. No, but you know what I'm saying? Like when the pants don't fit your butt, like I run into that oh. issue. So like mm-hmm. you get a little saggy diaper booty. Oh, soggy bottom. Soggy bottoms. <laughs> Eric gets a soggy bottom. I'll be like, park your pants. Yeah, I don't want. I do sometimes, from time to time, probably get soggy bottom. But yeah, just been really soggy bottom girl. And I would looked at him like that. Really hurts my feelings. And then of course he's like, sorry, babe. Like, uh, like, oh. but you would. <laughs> but secretly, I'm just like, fuck off, bro. Yeah. And now I'm lifting weights to get a butt. So good luck. <laughs> Thanks. Literally, what happened to me? And I don't know if that's what happened to you, but. I gained 40 pounds in like three months because I went on a, a medicine my senior year of high school because I had a flat ass. There is a <laughs> no, gene. There, there's a genetic code in my family called the Kleckner flat ass. You can ask <laughs> anyone. It's a genetic code. Kleckner flat Excuse ass. Me, what? <laughs> and um, I had it. And then I gained all this weight um, and literally like 40 pounds in three months. But then I went off the medicine and I just like got back into like my normal thing. But the ass stayed. The ass they but that you, nobody just, really gets that gift. Uh, so I just distributed like this recently. Yeah, like I had Eric and I was too thin. I yeah, you were disgusting. unwell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. not good. And then all of a sudden, it's like it, it's boom. it's juiced. It's juiced. Well, I'm hoping to get a dump truck in the near future, but until then. Go through I'm a flat nice ass McGee. I'm flat it's ass de- McGee. You got to go through a depression, anxiety episode. Lose some weight. Check, gain it back. check, check, yeah. check. I Filter mean, <laughs> my resume Filter is it. is solid on this end. So where's my ass? <laughs> where's my ass? I don't know. We'll we'll order some some Pizza Hut for you. 
No, Papa That's John's. True. Is that what we said? Jess we actually likes pizza, pizza. pizza. I hate Pizza Hut. It's disgusting. What do you, you mean? You know when I you mean... no stop. You know when you can taste a smell. <gasps> so true. It's and taste, I want that. It tastes like a cow farm. I don't. Excuse I, me. Okay, I can say I can the get red down. sauce tastes like. People say cardboard. It kind of tastes Fair. like cardboard. Greasy oh. cardboard though. Ugh. Sounds great. Okay. I'll have two. Nope. <laughs> My sister has the same thing. My sister and me are on the same page. Like when when you eat. Pizza Hut, maybe even Papa John's. I don't know. The red sauce tastes like the way that a cow farm smells. But also, Pizza Hut <laughs> will always smell like smoking sections to me. Oh, remember? because yes. smoking or non, smoking or non, the nineties. Do you remember when you used to go thing? into Pizza Hut and actually eat? Like yes. it was a, it was a buffet. A, I think a lot of people in their childhood did because I feel like those were big fundraiser for schools. Oh yeah, Ooh, definitely hubs. hubs. Yeah, yeah. So hubs. fundraiser hubs. And that's where my love for it started. But it's also they have like a bomb ass buffet. Yeah, I like a good grab. salad. I like a good. I, I like pizza lovers out salad. there. Oh yeah, and then I'll go with you. And then when Ruby Tuesdays came to town, no, I've Ponderosa. never eaten there. Ponderosa. I've never eaten at either of those places. Well, I've never eaten Ruby Tuesdays. Maybe well, not really missing you... out much, but I think Ponderosa, the salad bar, fell. Yeah, they fell hard. Yeah, I they're because, done. I think because salads got better. <laughs> I that's think, the only uh, just iceberg only yeah iceberg that's my only. favorite they're called cold crunchies ham, cold cold egg yeah some like cottage cheese on my salad okay by We're the way i opened rachel's fridge yesterday and she had cottage cheese like little containers in there and i like stared at it for a second and i was like i don't know how you're eating that what cottage cheese is fire oh, no. flame what cottage cheese yeah by itself it but freaks me out so hard just to find the large curd these days you need large curd you large really curd that on your mouth. I feel like mouth. I'm traumatized by cottage cheese. From what? I don't know. I feel like it was one of those things I was forced to eat as a kid that I was like, don't even bring Ooh, it near me. Oh, I fuck with some cottage cheese. Like, I, I think like, I go in and out. I like it with peaches. Like, I like it by itself. Some people say ugh. they like it with, with um, fruit, pepper. Oh, yeah. uh, I saw someone on the internet like whip up their cottage cheese as a dip. Okay, that might be good. It's the but texture. something about me likes those lumps. I, I do too, but I don't like the lumps. I don't know. Do with that what you will. <laughs> do, do with that, that what you will. will. Yeah, I saw absolutely. It. I saw it. But it looked good. It's a lot of dairy too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, sometimes I that's feel a like that's my... a COVID uh, ruiner for me though. That oh. all my dairy is just screwed. Is a poopa trader? Uh, poopa trader. Mine smells like here's we're going to go on it again. When you smell a taste, yeah, when but, I can taste the smell, but poop. doesn't your poop? Smell different now? No. Oh, God. What? Damn. Does yours? Yes, my poop smells different. Your poop smells and different. Your, and your food, food smells like the poop smell, but the poop smell isn't like actual poop anymore. Okay. It's no. rotting flesh, maybe? Ew, there's a word. What's the word? <laughs> Parosmia or Parosmia? Parosmia. Yeah. Parosomia? No, that's not right. Parosmia. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think know. the way we think I- it sounds is not like. Oh, one of no. those words. And that's not, I'm not experiencing that. Mine's like sour cream, cream cheese. Like any of my dairy is like. like this. Look at how I'm looking at it. <laughs> I was about to say, like, excuse it. me. Mm-hmm. No, it's terrible. It tastes like when you open a pool float, that plastic smell. That's I love what that. it tastes like. No, mine. I want my whole house to smell like that. Some people do talk about the chemical smell, but it's, that's not mine. That's mine. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't, my poop smells okay. like poop. Hey. <laughs> I feel like pool floats smell like inflatables, and if you lived through the '90s, you knew mm-hmm. every piece of furniture was. Inflatable. I think I like it. I just don't want to taste it. I, I was talking. I, I don't want to eat it. I forget who I was talking to my mom, but I forget why we were talking about this. Um, 
do you remember having to put on fucking water wings and the trauma, the trauma of the burn? Oh, my mom would just be like, yeah, on dry arms. I was not a water wings girl. I was like, I was just head first in the water. That sounds, that sounds on brand for Madison. threw me in. Absolutely. My water wings were that color, pink, hot pink. Mm -mm. And I just would cry. I'd just be like, they're not the best flotation device. They've no. definitely now babies have, have like the flotation, like it's a whole, all in one. Like, it's like it's a like a leotard. Yes, it's mm-hmm. like a vest, but they have little wings on them. Well, you're not supposed to use them. I was like, all we could do is just like our security. heaviest part is sinking us under, and we're just floating by our arms up to our <laughs> cheeks. If you really no. think about that, it wasn't very nice. All security, and then you expect not us to use them. You expect us to learn how to swim. Like we can't yeah. move our fucking arms. How are we supposed I know. to backstroke? I know, but on the it no. hurts so. Bad. It did. You just rip them off. Yeah. And I, we were swimmers because Mads and I lived in the same neighborhood. For those of you who don't know, Madison and I have been friends for over 20 years. Um, but we lived in we lived in a neighborhood called Time. called Twin Lakes. Twin Lakes. It sounds fancier than it was. But we it's had like fancy. a yeah. I mean, a there was a little there was a co-op bougie. or whatever. What did this an a association? Co-op? You well, had to we pay had a private, fees. Yeah, private fees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To for a private lake. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were we were swimmers. I was an actual. She was a real swimmer. I I actually like thinking back though. Like nothing creeps me out more than lakes, and oof. I can't believe I was in that lake. I was over there not too long ago, just like with Eric on the dock, and I yeah. was like, "You wouldn't pay me enough money to jump in that fucking thing." I don't I believe know. that. Nope, from you, mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I, have I to feel be drunk. Like you, you be... get me drunk, and I'll jump in anything. I feel like you would go ahead first and get go to the bottom and pull up some no, cool rocks no. and tell me about I them. So once once I jumped in at Twin Lakes, I jumped off the thing and up into my knees went into like the mud and I almost got stuck <gasps> and I was like, I'm going to drown and die here today. And I think that's the so last quicksand. Time I was like, no, thank you. You had a real life run in with quicksand. I would like to not ever experience that again. Yeah. I'm scared of water. I'm a great swimmer and I was a lifeguard, but I'm scared of water. Don't ask me to go whitewater rafting. Don't you put me in the ocean? Yeah, I was a lifeguard, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this honestly. I couldn't have saved a life. And no. I knew that for a fact. <laughs> I could have saved a child, but not the fact adult. that I was supposed to save adults, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I was not that strong. They, there needed to be, there needed to be better tests. Why are adults drowning? That's my question. And I don't, that's another thing. Hey, I can see. I would like to hear drown. the stats on how many people drown well i feel like or how many rescues there are a lot i think i don't know in like still water lakes i think a lot of lakes, drown lakes were the worst oceans, though yeah. because the kids would go under and you lose them they're oh, gone yeah, it was oh. like black we had i worked at woodside lake park don't know if you can drop that name but we're going it i'm dropping it okay it was good but they had was it illegal they could sue you they're not gonna sue me it was great we're popular we're very popular very popular very well popular. you know how the lifeguards do the Yes, yeah, up counting. down, up down the, the searching. What do you call oh, it? Yeah, but if you're if you're over here, the kid goes down. They but had daycares to... come to no. swim. No, I think you'll see week. the struggle. They don't just get sunken down. Like there's some type of splashing no. going on. No, absolutely not. I don't think people get dragged down by the Loch Ness monster and never come back up. There's some type of like whoop, help me, help me situation. But if you're, it's, oh no, if, if you're there, there was at the lake that I used to work at. There was like a free day situation. And there would literally be people like lined, like you, they weren't swimming. They were standing in water, Ugh. which is like if aliens came down and witnessed that must have got a good laugh because they're just people just standing, standing in water. <laughs> what the fuck? But I literally thought like, oh, I there's nothing I can do at this point. No. Godspeed. 
I hope I we hope had, all the hundreds of people would save each other. Oh, no, we had. Yeah, we had like preschools or daycares come three times a week. And it was just like a bunch of little kids who shouldn't be swimming, shouldn't be swimming. And it's like fine. They have like the levels, you know, yeah. like the sand and everything. It was fine. I was just like the level of anxiety that I had was right too much well, because like when you bring your your kid or like a kid has a parent it's like at least like that you think their parent is watching them if you if you have a daycare it's like there's four adults for 20, 20 kids, kids. no no that math i did like that doesn't matter that was a fun job it's a good one got half my leg was always tan very good mm-hmm. very good <laughs> it's the most uneven tan i've ever had in my life it's crisscross very good well, Mads, thanks for coming on, girl. Yeah, thanks for whatever. being here. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, I didn't know about this until yesterday when Rach goes. Um, I, I don't know if I said this to you or to Jess. And I was like, what? She goes, oh, that I want you on the podcast tomorrow. And I said, nope, didn't say it to me. But thanks. Here hey, I am. What, what else you got to do? Okay. Um, nothing on a, what is it? A Wednesday? Yeah, nothing on a Wednesday. Nothing on a Wednesday. Um, yeah. I wanted Mads to come on. Well, in general, because I talk about her all the time. Um. And it's funny because we, when I was like, when I was asking you, I was like, what would you like come on to talk about? I was like, because you've got a lot of shit going on. But and I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not there to talk. I can't. Yeah. We're like we're in the, which of course we can talk about being in the middle of it, but yeah, I, I would like some like ends. Yeah. I need some good ends. Something yeah. like to see some, it through and yeah. for you I to come. Some, well, we're getting, we're getting there, I yeah. think. But well, you said, you said you were like. Because I'm the kind of person that's like, I like to tie off all the loose ends. I like to have a perspective shift. I like to like feel like, you know, we've gotten through it. But you said you're like, I feel like a lot of people could relate, Rachel, to just being in the middle of a hard thing. Yeah. Like, what do you do when like you're stuck? Which we can. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into it. We'll definitely get into it. We've got lots of things to talk about. But today. (laughs) You are drinking from a vase. I'm drinking from a vase. (laughs) And we're here (laughs) to talk about. To talk about me. Mm -hmm. And my shit. Because guys. It's been a week, my friend. It's been a t- it's been two, two and a half been two yeah. and a half weeks. Crazy weeks for me. Um, and I know a lot of you guys follow me on Instagram, so um, I this probably isn't coming as a shock to all of you, but um, I was pregnant. I found out I was pregnant uh two and a half weeks ago on Easter, um, and I am no longer pregnant because um, we found out literally a week to the day after we found out that um, it was ectopic, which means that your fetus is forming in your fallopian tube, mm-hmm. not your uterus, um, which is not good. And basically, there's nothing um, that can be done. And so I went in for abdominal pain on my left side and bleeding. And we went in at like 9 p.m. after like all day of like being in a pretty bad way. Um, calling Madison many times. <laughs> um, just, I mean, it just got over the course. Of, it just transpired. I mean, it started pretty, yeah, smooth um, and turned. Yeah. So, called Madison many times, and then we decided to finally go. And literally within a few hours, I was in emergency surgery. Um, my fallopian tube had started to rupture and was causing internal bleeding and. Um, I'm down one fallopian too, but not down out. Two. Not out not, the game. Not off the game. <laughs> at the game. Could have been. <laughs> um, so kind of talking through that whole thing. Um all of this now makes sense. Uh what? <laughs> Nothing. The, the, she just I'm sorry. I just my hair like got stuck to it. No, it's fine. She's new. She's new. I'm new. I didn't know this had to be this close to my mouth. 
yeah, it does. <laughs> it truly does. You have to be like right, right up in it. But um, carry on. Yeah. So the reason why I've been like so emotional lately, there were so many things like when not last week because I wasn't on the week before that is when I told Jess that I was pregnant. And that was I told her after that, like we ended the episode, it was why I was acting really funny and weird. And she was like, why are you staring at me? And I was like, because I got a pregnancy test right over here. I got to tell you something big. And it was like everything finally made sense of like why I had been um so emotional and it, it's just crazy now looking back and be like you're dumb your period was two weeks late and you were just like la da di da my period's weird <laughs> you I you did you had it three times you're like i need to start my period something's wrong with me yeah. i'm like yeah i'm like it's just psyching me out <laughs> um but granted like all that to say it was the hardest thing is the hardest thing that i i've probably ever been through um definitely like with josh um we've it's been terrible. Like there's just, there's no like really good way to say it. Like, and I think the hard part about like ectopic pregnancies and any pregnancy that is a risk um, to the mother's life is like, you don't, you don't get a choice. Right. So it's like, there, there's nothing I, I could do. There was no options. Obviously like the option was you, you need to live to see tomorrow. So you have, have to get this taken care of. And, um, I feel like this episode is coming out at a very interesting time yeah. with Roe versus Wade being overturned. And oh, we have lots to say about that. We have a lot to say about that. Mm-hmm. Josh did just text me and said, so you would have died in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. No shot. Yeah. Because this is what's fucking happening when the government gets involved in policing bodies, when they have no fucking idea what they're talking about and what they're doing. Thank God this happened to me now because... In June, when Roe v. Wade gets turned gets overturned, um, Ohio will have probably some of the strictest abortion laws um, ever. So it's terrifying. It's terrifying. What's especially terrifying is I am now uh, one in five chance of having another ectopic pregnancy. Your chances before it's like one in fifty. And so now the chance of me having another ectopic pregnancy is one in five. It's very, very common for women to um, have multiple ectopic pregnancies um, with some of these abortion laws. I'm pretty sure methotrexate, which is used to yeah, so- to re- non-invasively remove the fetus. I was past that point. Um, I think some of those medications will, will be illegal. So in order for me to... to um, be treated for ectopic pregnancies um my neck my my last fallopian tube will have to rupture and i will have to internally bleed and they will have to save my life and i think that's the only way that yeah so and and then there's other situations that are which is like if you didn't know either which of course you wouldn't i had an ectopic pregnancy as well that's why i was calling her i was like what did it feel like yeah so i had an ectopic pregnancy when i was 19 yeah complete like I was on birth control, like complete, like out left corner. I had no idea. It was one of the weirdest experiences and not kind of go into more detail about that. But same thing. Um, I actually went the methotrexate route, which is like non-invasive. It was the medication. I caught it just in time. Um, but now just like Rachel, I mean, I'm higher risk because I have scar tissue in my fallopian tube and it's the same kind of mm-hmm. the same thing. And then I had a miscarriage the miscarriage i've had two miscarriages and the miscarriage that i had before eric was something called a missed miscarriage which means that your body doesn't recognize that the baby is not alive 
Yeah. Um, which means that your your body can go months and yeah. hold on to that and you can get a terrible infection. Sepsis. Um, oh, yeah. Sepsis. Sure. You can get like, I mean, you're basically pregnant and you have no idea that it's not alive. But there's a decaying, there's, there's a something decaying body and fetus or whatever it is at that point inside of your body. And I had to take what is known as like commonly the abortion pill. It's the miso, it's whatever medication that is to remove the remove fetus. the fetus and and if that gets overturned that is not an option you have to yeah. prove that the baby is not alive and you have to prove that well basically you have to wait for your body to do it on itself and that can kill you yeah it's another one of those situations where it's that yeah. saved my life twice um had that not happened i wouldn't have eric like yeah. that's it's insane so we literally can't even talk about I mean, I feel like I can't talk about what happened to me without talking about what's happening um, in the world because it is scary. It definitely um, probably will definitely change how Josh and I think about getting pregnant again, um, especially with whatever laws in Ohio. Like, um, truly, if we don't feel safe, we will probably have to move. Like, if I, if I feel like I can't. Also, like the women being questioned for their miscarriages all of these things of like the truly the policing of of people with uteruses we don't need to say women i'm sorry people with uteruses um the is is outrageous um and very upsetting um it's terrifying amongst an already (laughs) fucking upsetting thing well that's what i was gonna say it's like can you imagine going through a miscarriage and then being questioned about that miscarriage as if you had something to do with it i mean like and you know everybody has different experiences but like some right. some miscarriages are i mean they're you grieve you that's a loss it's yeah. it's completely it's right. earth shattering for people and, especially people who are actively i mean actively trying over and over again and experience this like to be questioned every time as if like there's something wrong with you or to make that a reality is just it's disgusting and i can't believe we're here and we're talking about this again i know <laughs> It's fucked up. It feels like we just like went back in time. Truly. Surprise, surprise, everyone. We're um, back minus one. We're back minus one because tragedy struck. Um, for the first time, which is honestly impressive. But when I opened up our project in GarageBand to edit it, half of the files were missing. So that would have been a really weird episode um, to listen to because... It was like half of the middle was missing. Then only my my mic was saved, and then only so it w- it would have been bad to listen to. So lucky for all of you, um, me and Madison see each other all every single moment of the day. So yeah, and we function. We f- we function. Function. We function. So <laughs> or lack. Of she was on her way to my house to uh, help me work, and I said, "You just head to the studio, sister, because we are." We have to re-record the episode where we talk about uh, our deepest traumas. The so- deepest traumas. <laughs> and we have to talk about those again casually. Casually. I, hey. We walked in today and it was like, I don't want to do this again. I My chest hurt yesterday. I left here. I said, oh, that's enough of that. <laughs> and here we are again for the ride of our lives. Um, I believe we left off. Um, goodbye, Jess. We miss you. I'm goodbye, sure. Jess. I'm sure everyone. Uh, yesterday I had a clean shirt. I looked like a human. Oh my today, god, my hair was down. My hair was down. Um, today I'm wearing a shirt that I have spilled coffee on twice. Um, it's just for our YouTubers, real. And I'm wearing a newly, a newly subscription original jump jumpsuit. I like that. Um, 
And I actually put makeup on because I found out I, I didn't cry at all yesterday. Um, because we're back to normal, baby. We don't got those pregnancy hormones ripping through my veins anymore. We are back to stoic, back to the quarterly crier, back not to the, the back to the once once a month, back, once yeah. a month moment. Yeah, <laughs> and you know. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll cry today. And maybe gonna, I, maybe who knows? We'll, we'll cry. I can't hey. talk about Eric. So we can. Maybe no. We, I'm saying I can't. If I if I talk about Eric, it's game over. Tears flow. That's well, it. That's the only thing that gets me. And let's talk about Eric for a moment, just because he is our favorite human on the face of the earth. Eric James. Um, four years old almost. Before in what two weekends? Two weeks. Yes. Uh, and he is so excited about his party. Probably my fault because I've bigged it up. Oh, he's stoked. Oh, I literally, so Madison dropped him off at my house um, a couple days ago because she had to go uh, work and she had to shoot and he was very upset to be at my house, which is strange, but he's going through it. You know, he's four. He gets to decide when he wants to cry. He was real bummed that he couldn't go to the yoga studio with yeah. me because he goes sometimes and gets to play in the kids room. So I think he was like, yeah, I'll go with you there. Yeah. Well, when he was there, he's like, I wish my mom was here. And I'm like, oh, oh welcome to a new level of separation. But anxiety. I try to respect it. Um, <laughs> I do. I'm like, what can I do? Rachel said to me yesterday, um, I just love this crying stage. It's so cute. I, I said, I, I bet you're crying about cute things. I don't like whining. Ugh. But like the other day, he was at my house and there's like a new like kid next door um, which, that gets babysat sometimes. Which we have to go back a second. I Eric has been in preschool for one year now. And I, you know, I know he's doing better socially and stuff like that because he's an only child and, you know, COVID baby. Um, so to watch him interact like that, me and Rachel were just drinking cracking our up. vodka lemonades, cracking, up. cracking he, up. He walks up to this kid and goes, hi, these are my dogs. Um, my aunt Rachel's inside. This is my mom. Um, my name is Eric and I'm really strong. Would you like to watch me flip this rock? <laughs> and he goes... I'm going to flip this rock. And that kid goes, wow, you are really strong. He goes, cool. You're strong, too. Now you flip a rock. <laughs> Just like, oh, kids are bizarre. It was so funny. But my favorite thing about Eric, Eric has the best lines of all time. He's funny and he's smart. And I mean, he's lived along many past lives. Um, he's old. He's old. That kid's old. But old um, we told the story at the end. But, you know, we'll tell it in the middle. Um, after my surgery... We're like really open with Eric. We like tell tell him everything just because like what's I don't know what's the point. Um, but my sister and I, my sister came and into town and we I had to drop something off at Madison, so we go there and I'm like getting ready to leave and I'm like Eric, bud. To which he always says I'm not bud, I'm Eric, but <laughs> he's my bud. And I'm like, can I give you kisses, please? Can I kiss you on the cheek? Um, because I'm really sad. And he's like. No, and why? <laughs> no, you may not. No, you but may also, what's well, your problem? <laughs> yeah, and you were. Madison was like, "Come on, Eric. She lost her fallopian tube. Have a heart." And he was just like, he no. still said no. She said, "Fine, pick your pick your goodbye, fist bump, high five, whatever it is you do." So he picked, I think, a fist bump or whatever, right. and then just goes on his way. Um, we're in the car the next day, and I said something about Rachel just in passing, and he looks at me. And he goes, hey, mom. And I said, what? He goes, what the hell is a fallopian tube? <laughs> I'll never not laugh but about that. he says, 
Enelopian tube. He said, what the hell is an elopian tube? I said, I don't know, Eric. If you have one, you have one. If you don't, you don't. I said, I'll draw it for you later. (laughs) But he hasn't checked back in on that. No, he has not, actually. I should revisit that. Yeah, well, I'm going to get a tattoo of my whole uterus. So, Trying to explain things. Like, he's in the why stage. Yeah. He's in the give me all the details because I don't understand Yeah, stage. So I was like, I'll circle back to that and give you a nice little... Little yeah. drawing, yeah. Well, I'm getting a drawing on my mm. on my body of it because, you know, why? What be- What better way to memorialize your trauma than tattoo it on your body forever? I love it. But I did say, would be a shame if I lose my other fallopian tube <laughs> because then it'll be the diagram will be wrong. Just exit out. Yeah, just exit. Just hey, no control alt delete. That, that we're gone. We're <laughs> gone. Just- your little, what did you say yesterday? You called it a missing a slide. What did you say? Yeah. Got oh, yeah. So, because I I think at the beginning of the episode, sorry, guys, this, this is, is, is rough. This struck, is rough. I can okay. already hear it. We we mm-hmm. know what we want to talk about. We had some good things yep. yesterday, and this is going to be, yep, this is bear gonna... with us as we sound unamused to Ooh. be revisiting. But yeah, so I kind of bring you through what happened, but then I go, I go into like the details of how we got to where we were. Um, and so basically Sunday, not this past Sunday, the Sunday before. Yeah. Um, I woke up, everything was normal. I, um, a couple hours later go by, I go to the bathroom and I was experiencing some bleeding, um, to which like I tried not to like panic and hit the panic button. But of course, first person I text is Jerry, um, from ladies and tangents. You already know that, but, um, (laughs) I am like, Hey, can I send you a graphic image? Which I always, I always, that's, I, I like to, I like to warn people. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was like, yes. Um, cause Jerry has had, her fair share of, uh, you know, birth, miscarriage, lots of traumas uh, there. Um, so she's just always the person I, I go to to ask for those things or, you know, not always, I guess, two weeks of my life. But um, she was just like, yeah, that doesn't look too concerning, but like call your nurse line. So call my nurse line. Um, I wasn't in any excruciating pain at that time. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, she, she like bumped up my appointment by like a week and a half because guys, did you know when you get pregnant, they are not in a rush. The hospitals. No, they're like, they're pregnant. See you in four weeks. Oh yeah. You're (laughs) pregnant. Great. See you soon in a month. And I'm like, I, I, I literally said on the phone, like, I think I just like, um, to get in soon. Be just. I, I don't scared. trust the drugstore tests. I don't know. <laughs> I need a doctor to tell me I'm pregnant. This is so weird. What if I'm making it up? What if there's just so many like crazy <laughs> things in the first couple of weeks that are just so like so specific to everybody yeah. and it's so hard to navigate that. Like some people, which is why we say try not to Google, my friend. Yeah. Google is your worst enemy. Um but everybody best be sure I was Googling. Oh, you were Googling. I got half the people bleed. Some people bleed their entire yeah. pregnancy. Sometimes some people it's cramp. Normal. Some people Sometimes don't cramp. It doesn't. So it's very hard to get any type of closure there. So yeah. I think getting into the doctors and being able to see it and make sure everything's fine and make sure it's in the right fucking place. place. Make, um, yeah, so the right sure. place is crush. Um All so so they move on my appointment and then literally a couple hours after that, I start getting some of the worst cramps of my life. And I'm talking like dizzy, can't stand up. Like I've had 
I've had bad menstrual cramps probably twice like that. I remember once specifically I was working at a pharmacy and I was like, I have to, I have to go. I have to be, I have to lay down. I'm, I'm going to pass out or puke. Um, so it felt a lot like that to which I, I got scared at that point. I was like, I, in my head, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm miscarrying, but like, this isn't the experience that a lot of people that miscarry are having. So I was just like, you know, I end up taking some ibuprofen, which you're not supposed to do if you're pregnant, but I did anyway. Cause I was like, <laughs> I didn't know I was pregnant for seven weeks. I was pregnant for seven weeks and I didn't know. And I was taking ibuprofen and I just said, you know, what's one more time. Okay. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I can't it feel like it this. hurts. Yeah. Like, excuse um, me. I wake up from that nap and I feel better. I take the dogs for a walk. I get back in. Josh and I just have a chill night because we're both scared. Like we're both already very attached, very in love, very excited. Um, and so, of course, you don't want to lose something that you've been looking forward to, um, even if we were only looking forward to it for one week. You know, like it didn't take long for us to like go go all in. Um, and I can talk a little bit more about that later. But um you know, a couple hours pass again and I start getting worse pain, more, more like directed shooting pain in my left side. Um, that's like even like going up through my vagina. And I was like, I'm not, uh, I'm not comfortable with this, you know, call. I call in bed with Josh and I'm just sobbing, just absolutely sobbing. And I'm like, we need to call Madison. Um, because I knew I knew what a nectopic pregnancy was. I knew that they can happen. And I knew that my best friend had had one before. Yes, I had one when I... We'll get, we'll get into my story in a minute. Yeah. But I you had one Actually, in the was... beginning, you, we did talk about. So we got into your ectopic. Oh, They yeah. know you had one. Yep. I had an ectopic pregnancy. <laughs> um, um, so, way younger. Completely different time. Completely different state. Um, yeah. But I also... Maybe I did tell this whole story. I don't know. We're going to put... We're going to piece it together. This is going to be fun to edit. Godspeed rage. Um, but... You sounded concerned, but also we had to keep in mind about um, the fact that my insurance sucks. And so if I didn't have to go to the emergency room, I didn't want to. But then it just got to this point of like, had just, I did I if, had I not had shitty insurance, I would have been there hours ago. And I just said like, my, I feel I truly felt like my life was in danger. It just was a gut feeling. I was listening to my body. And um, after talking to the nurses line again, uh, they were like, get your ass to the hospital. And that's what we did. Um, and the emergency room experience was surprisingly good. I've been to the emergency room with loved ones before. And so I kind of knew the system in that I didn't want to go to Akron City because I knew it would be busier and I knew I would have to wait longer. And so when I was on the phone with the nurses line, I was like, what hospitals around me? have what like the services I need mm -hmm. and Barberton was one of those options so I went to Barberton because it's it's not you know a main city so thank god I went there you know I only waited for like 30 40 minutes in the waiting room and then they let me back and it's it was I mean it was weird vibes there was a psych patient who was on drugs maybe not on drugs that was really bringing the vibes to the whole to the whole ER floor um so the, Josh had a little com com comedic relief, but um, yeah, I mean, it's scary. They they come in, they take your blood, they make you pee, you do all the things. Um, one of the nurses, very, very weird, um, took my blood and he's like looking at me 
And <laughs> he's like, Oof, you pregnant girls have the best veins. <laughs> and I was me? like, uh, I think I'm just pale. I don't know. What? Like, what? Are, don't get turned on by my veins, please. I don't, I, I'm going through enough, sir. I'm going through enough. Um, then they wheel me to get my intravaginal ultrasound and, <sighs> you know, let me cut, cut to the chase, get, get back into the hospital room. You know, you wait and the doctor comes in and he says, I've got good news and bad news. Good news is you're not having a miscarriage. Bad news is it is ectopic and you will be in emergency surgery in an hour. What a way to deliver <laughs> that information. I was like, I didn't really process what he had said till he left. And Josh and I are like sobbing in each other's arms because we're terrified and sad and we're losing our pregnancy. And, you know, I have to go in emergency surgery. And it's just, it is a lot to take in. And I eventually like peel myself away from Josh. And I said, did he say good news, bad news? What was the good news again? And I was like, that was inappropriate and weird. But I don't know. We were kind of joking with this guy. So maybe he thought, you know, hey, a little pregnancy loss joke doesn't hurt anybody. And you know, to be fair, didn't. Dark was, humor. It's, you know, dark humor. Um, But it it was the right decision. Um, Madison and I, we talked about this, but like there are two treatment options for ectopic pregnancy. One is methotrexate, which mm -hmm. she was so able I, to take. I did the methotrexate method. Yep. She and, did the removal of the and, fallopian tube. Well, yeah, surgery. Sometimes they don't have to remove your tube. Sometimes they don't even have to remove your whole tube. There's a whole, there's options. But um, it's a good thing I went into surgery because I had already started internally bleeding. It had already started to tear, which explains all the pain. So um, I'm down a fallopian tube. And a fallop the fallopian tube is basically the slide that takes the egg to your uterus um and we did go into detail about how this happens i don't know if this is interesting to people but um it doesn't happen for any reason whatsoever no there's no reason there's no cause um, um which is a weird borderline between okay good there's nothing wrong with me but also what the hell that doesn't make any sense right um <laughs> and that's kind of how you know it's just like you feel like your body just completely betrays you like i've you know I'm a person with a uterus. I'm a woman. I, I've been I'm made for this, you know, like this is exactly what my body is supposed to be doing. You get fed all this bullshit. And, and then it's like, oh, my body didn't do the right thing. My body did something that's very abnormal. That's, that's, you know, not likely to happen, but it did. And I'm like, that sucks. And then when you get to hear, not only, you know, were you a minority, in in pregnancy um but you are now one in five likely to have it happen again and it's just like your world just like completely shifts right because i think i'm never i've never the type of person that thinks nothing bad is going to happen to me mm -hmm. you know like i very much i'm very much accepted that like we could miscarry and those were those were thoughts that we had from the jump to both josh and i or josh more so than me are we are kind of like Hey, anything could happen. But I decided early, like as soon as the day after I found out and I had accepted it, I was like, I'm going to be happy and excited and positive because 
if we lose this pregnancy, it's not going to make it hurt any less. Yes. Like me deciding to be like, it's just a defense mechanism and I'm still going to be crushed. Yeah, so which I just is decided, we have the opposite defense mechanisms yeah. where I am premeditating bad things happening in in ways to prepare myself which for is what bad Josh things does. happening. Um, but that's the thing. You can prepare for, in your head, you could go, of course, there's a chance I could lose this pregnancy. Um, lots of people, which is, the, which is the really sad and frustrating thing is so many women just casually have a miscarriage. Right. It's so normal at the beginning of trying to conceive so many yeah. people i mean the amount of people that i had no idea have had miscarriages have just been like oh me too and it's like this happens across the board and i don't think anybody knows what that's like or can prepare for it until right. it happens and you don't know the impact of it until you experience it and i think it's a really it's a really hard i mean it is of course it's a hard thing to navigate but knowing that it's a possibility but still, you know, going, I'm choosing to be happy. I'm choosing to get yeah. there and just accept that this is something that's good. And then something like that happens. Yeah. It is a, it is a, you immediately go into, my body has failed. Yeah. My body has failed. What the hell? Mm -hmm. And me and Rachel have talked about this like a couple, couple days ago, talking about like the different reactions to pregnancy loss based on, like your situations and I think like talking about um, the way that you handle them and the way that you perceive them based yeah. on where you are in life and all that is just so unique to everybody's situation yeah. and experience and it's just I mean I think it is really interesting because so um, like my mom had a miscarriage between me and Laura and that was always just like something she just like breezed by right and so I as a child, I heard, you know, that that had been part of, like, you know, something I knew about my mom, that she had had a miscarriage. But it was always the, like, but if I hadn't, you wouldn't be here. So everything is meant to be. And, you know, those are the lies that we tell ourselves to to, to make us feel better about our trauma or to rationalize our trauma. And if that works for you, great. Um, but when I was going through this, when I was, like, cramping and when I was bleeding, my mom was honestly like I she was crying every single phone call I have with her because I think it just threw her back 30 years and she remembered her pain she remembered how real it was she remembered how traumatic it was she remembered versus like of course when you have a healthy baby and you're on the other side of it you can say like okay like yeah I can attest to that everything worked out but the pain that my mom felt in those moments when she was miscarrying came back to her in a way that like I could tell she she couldn't stand to watch me walk that same road. She really couldn't. She it was it was really traumatic. And um, I hadn't even told my dad yet that I was pregnant because I was really going to wait until we had the ultrasound photo just to like make it more real for me. And he gets really anxious and worked up and I didn't want to like go down that road if I didn't need to um and so I'm literally like in the hospital bed waiting to go into surgery and I'm like it's it's not I right got, I, I have gotta to tell, tell my, dad. my dad that it's, I'm about to it's go one in the under. morning but I, he he has to know like his, you know one of his only children is uh getting emergency surgery and he's he should know so 
I just send him. I, I drafted a text in my notes as I always do, and I you know, <laughs> sorry to it, sorry to break it to you like, this way. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I was like, hey, I, this this was the I think this was the the intro line to everyone that I texted. Hey, I know this is a lot to wake up to, but <laughs> but about um, to go into emergency surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Josh by the way, I'm pregnant. pregnant. Uh, by the way, yeah, it's ectopic. Um, yeah, talk to you on the other side. But my mom had said that like my dad back then was like shocked like he because they had already had laura and he was like you it is this like no matter no matter what it's just like this what the hell like even if you're prepared for it even if you know the odds even if you like it is it's devastating like it is devastating to lose a pregnancy that you really want um and i don't think any statistics make it less crushing no, and that's the, the, I mean, that's the hard, like, that's the hard part that we, like, that we talk about, too. That's, like, even if you are mentally someone who can say, which I was someone like that maybe had that mindset. I really did. When I had my miscarriage, my, I had an ectopic pregnancy, and then I've had two miscarriages. The one miscarriage, you know, I very much had a interesting mindset. I was someone who felt very, like, you know, this is out of my control um this you know your body you you got to trust your body i remember feeling that really intensely mm-hmm. and having that mindset and then going you know into a place where i very much felt at peace with it in my head and then my hormones Oof. like the crash of like my actual hormones and the crash of my body and then what my body experienced mm-hmm. was so so hard for me to navigate because I'm trying to have this and you know maybe that's my coping mechanism like I'm trying to have this positive mindset I'm trying to feel very like at peace with it I'm trying to find this way to make a shitty situation not shitty and here my body Mm -hmm. is feeling like it's failing I'm in excruciating pain yeah Uh, my hormones have just plummeted I'm having emotions that I don't even recognize to, to have that experience, even if you're someone who was able to find peace with it or have that kind of mentality is right. like, it's still traumatizing. Even that's the, that's just it. Having a miscarriage on your body, on your mind, yes. everything, whether it's planned, not planned, any type of that situation yeah. is just, God damn, is it, is it hard? Yeah. And it's traumatizing. And whether it happened to your great grandma back when... It was taboo and we didn't talk about it and they did it alone. That still was fucking hard. Whether yeah. it's now where we can talk about it openly and call our friends and talk about it. God, is it fucking hard? I'm glad we're at a place where we can talk about it and we yeah. don't have to do this alone. And this isn't something that we have to be embarrassed about or yeah. hide about or feel. But there is a, an internal shame that I think is it, it. it's normal for women to feel. It's a shame that like I carry of this like. Um, I, you know, just the, what, what the fuck, why, why is this happening? And then the, you know, my want and need for control is really fighting with the, oh, and now it might happen again. It's yeah. likely that it would happen again. You're high risk now. You, you know, not only are you worried about ectopic pregnancies and you're worried, you're also worried about miscarrying. Just a normal, your normal miscarriage, your everyday, everyday miscarriage. Yeah. I think, which is what. It's we've... like mourning, mourning the loss of like being 
being excited for getting pregnant. Like I, I thought that I was going to be that annoying bitch that got pregnant without trying and just had this like normal pregnancy, you know, which is what I think, which is why I think your mindset was easily so switched is because you very much had that mindset going into this. It's like, if it happens, it happens when you got pregnant. It was like, that wasn't expected, but I'm pregnant. Yeah. And here we are. And this is just going to be, and we're going to accept it and we're going to love it and we're going to move forward. And that's that, which is like, which is a wonderful mindset to have. When telling you the other day when we were talking about why I felt I felt so sad for you because trying to navigate being pregnant in the future and having that tainted with trauma and having it tainted with like a negative experience and being scared, it takes away so much from being pregnant. And I think that's one of the hardest things Mm -hmm. I've dealt with. Mm -hmm. Um, Even Eric is four years old and healthy and having lost or having anything like that happen has created this very deep anxiety in me that at any time, which I think is a normal mother thing to think about, but the whole pregnancy with Eric at anything that happened, any cramp, anything, it was immediately like this, I can lose this baby and it can Mm -hmm. be taken away from me at any time. Every single ultrasound we went to, I was throwing up with anxiety beforehand. Mm -hmm. I would leave there shaking I was just waiting. I was so prepared for any time to go in there yeah. to be like, there's no heartbeat. I was so prepared for to walk in there. But and you be- weren't prepared. This is what I think is the, the lie. You aren't prepared. Like not oh. going all in. It, it does not mean you're you're prepared. It I means that like scared. your your, I was your defense mechanism terrified is up. to yeah. go in. I'll reward that. That's a good thing to say. No, I think I people terrified. say I, I think what you're saying is right. And that people say, like, I'm prepared. I'm ready. I, I, can, I know that anything bad can happen. But in reality, like, when the shitty thing happens, when you find out your baby's growing in your fallopian tube, I knew the risks. I knew what could happen. I knew going in there that I was probably having a miscarriage, an ectopic pregnancy, kidney stones, or yes. a cyst. Those but, were my, but those were my four. But hear them say... This is what it is. Yeah. Is devastating. Yeah, I think, but I think it's good. To, we should rephrase that. Not prepared. I was scared mm-hmm. and on guard and ready for someone to tell me my worst fear. Right. That's what it yeah. was. Is knowing that at any time this could be taken away. Yeah. And and it, but actually me, having Eric mm-hmm. and still following. That's my biggest anxiety that I carry. And like I said, I'm sure some of it's normal. A lot of it's being a mom. You right. know that at any time, like terrible things happen to people that is completely unfair people lose children i can't even sit in that headspace because it comes from a very deep 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 deep-seated fear of loving something to that capacity and knowing that it could be taken away from you is something that but i said this in our episode and i've said this to you many times like you've had a very significantly hard life you have faced a lot of loss trauma abuse I mean, you you've you've gone you've gone through it. Yeah. And so I think you have the perspective, whether it's conscious or subconscious, that bad things happen. Bad things do happen. Bad things can happen. Bad things have happened Mm -hmm. and they have happened to me. And so what makes me special to think that I could have an easy pregnancy, an easy, uh, you know, easy parenting, a child that is healthy, a child that lives. Yeah. You know, that that you you in the back of your mind, it's not I don't think it's irrational why you think the way you do, because I know your story. Mm-hmm. I know what you've been through. Like you lost your mom when you were 11 years old. 
I was with you for that. And although you don't have many memories from that time, you still logically know, like, that was a shitty thing that happened for no fucking reason. Yeah, for sure. And I and I like to think, and that's just the way my brain works. I like to think, like, had I had a very healthy pregnancy the very first time that maybe I would have had a lot more peace there. But no, I probably would have been very scared the entire time as well. But I think going through you know an ectopic pregnancy at a very weird time in my life a very like different version of me and that's what we talked about that you know yesterday too where we were talking about like what a bizarre thing to look back and look at the person you were and the way you handled those experiences um the way that i feel about them now that i have a child looking back the way that Mm -hmm. i can sit here with you in this grief and Mm -hmm. this loss and feel it very differently than maybe i would have even had I been going through this with you at the same time years yeah, ago, yeah. I think it's just like what a well because at that time in your life, like what a you what didn't a growth. you didn't want the pregnancy anyway. So of course, like I mean, I think although we think about pregnancy loss as like a main reason why people have anxiety, like I met a woman who it took her four and a half years to get pregnant. She never had a miscarriage. She never she she never got yeah, there pregnant. Was nothing wrong. There was nothing, you know, her doctor said there's nothing wrong that, you know, just take time. And, you know, eventually they got sick of waiting. So they tried IVF and it worked. It worked for them. And, you know, she's pregnant now. And she she's still like because you hold on so tightly to this idea of like a baby and family and and growing your family that like even though she hasn't experienced loss, mm-hmm. she had in a way of like every negative pregnancy test. Yeah, every every negative like because I think you hold on to the the ideal and the excitement and that's what I feel the loss for like of course I feel a loss and a sadness that like I'm not carrying anymore like that was something that I I actually I mean I was only pregnant for a week and I obviously didn't have any major like I wasn't showing yet or anything but like I really liked that I had a little thing with me that was part of me that I got to carry around um, into the world like I really I thought that was really fun and it was um it really hit me hard when when that was taken well, from me. Well, that's and the that's the problem. You when you go through something like this, you are pregnant and then just like that within days, seconds, moments, you are not. Yeah. And not only is it hard for your brain to comprehend, but it's hard for your body to comprehend. Yeah. And to Well, you said in our episode yesterday, I remember you saying this cuz I thought about it, you know, after because you said you were like, this was the first time that you had seen me actually sit in something so shitty. Yeah, you know? this is the first time. And I, you know, I think when I look at Rachel's life in my life, actually, like I've lost. And yes, my mom passing away is a huge, huge thing. But being 11, that's like a in my head because of where I'm at now. 11 is a hard place for me to go back to and feel very like connected to. So yeah. there is. Which at some point we will have an episode about all that stuff that we're working through and like to go back and revisit traumas. But um, not today. Not today. Today (laughs) we're going to talk about the fact that that's the only person I've ever lost. Mm -hmm. I have never lost a grandparent. I've never lost friends. I have no deaths in my family. Yeah. My grandparents are healthy. My parents are healthy. My sister's healthy. Everybody is really healthy. And this is not um, the losses that I experienced with miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies. They are very singular to me, and yeah. I felt them a little differently. Yeah, because they were this, very personal. They were very personal. You almost um, feel like you grieve alone. Yes. I think that is a unique thing of like, although like I very much feel like I'm grieving with Josh. 
I feel like a lot of women might not have partners that are like as invested at the beginning, not women, people with uteruses, sorry. Please forgive me for my language. But a lot of pregnant people, when they miscarry, it's so easy to feel alone. Yeah, and be, because one, you're alone in your pain, like physically, yeah. you're yeah. alone in your hormones. Like, yeah. but when I was saying, like, you saw me, like, fully feel. Yeah, my and we're not super. We're not super emotional people. We right. we know that we feel sad or that we think we're sad or we can very much empathize mm-hmm. with people. But I'm not a super emotional person at the surface, and neither is Rachel. Rachel's yeah. not a super like. Um, we don't like to just. We don't want to feel that if it's not. Yeah, we we try to rationalize it thing that we do. Um, So to see my best friend, one, go through this um, and experience a loss on another level where um, logic is not part of it, where you weren't able to find a silver lining, you weren't able to go, this is meant to be, this is fine. Mm -hmm. You weren't able to do that because this is a completely different level of loss and grief. And Mm -hmm. um to watch that outside of my body from someone who's had those experiences to see you for the first time be so sad mm-hmm. um, to sit in grief and feel your feelings was hard to watch, um, but also a very, very, very wonderful thing to witness you go mm-hmm. through with your partner I have so much respect for Josh um, that he's created a space for you where you were able to just be sad and grieve and feel whatever feelings came to you, whether it was physical or mental. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not something you've ever experienced before. And that's not something I've ever watched you go through. I'm not sure that I've ever seen anybody. I've never sat alongside somebody who's feeling something like this. So it's been a very, um, it's been a hard thing to watch and a really interesting thing to be part of. Yeah. Well, um, I feel like, um, like the last gift, am I going to cry? You might. No. Like the last <laughs> gift that like my pregnancy gave me, um, was the ability to feel through that because like, I mean, yes, it's a drop in hormones. Yes. It's all of that. And I was, I was emotional, for three weeks, like two weeks before I found out I was pregnant, you know, I was yeah. uh, crying at anything and everything. Um, and truly the last gift that I think I was given was like the ability to like fully feel. And I think that's a hard thing of like when I talk about how like I'm not emotional or whatever. It's like it's not like a badge of honor that I wear. No. It's just like I find it very hard to get sad. Like I find it very difficult it's not like I get sad and I'm like, no, no, no. It's like, no, I, it's, I find it You really don't quite hard. go there. Yeah. You just don't go there. And it's and it's almost like there are things in this lifetime that are sad, but then there are things in this lifetime that are grief beyond control. Mm-hmm. And it's a complete, it's a different space to sit in. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone who went through, you know, child loss or yes. a pregnancy loss. And didn't have that space mm-hmm. to feel what you felt right. um feeling safe which, i think feeling that's safe the thing. and i the, for some i struggle with the word safe i i for some reason that's one of my hardest things to like say is like i felt safe it's like of course i was safe like nothing was actually wrong but to have the the, the space of, to be yeah. vulnerable yeah and not feel 
these really hard outside emotions um, was not something that I was in a place to do with the person that I was with. Um, and yeah. so getting to watch you, which is something I think we talked about yesterday, I got to come over the, you know, it was the day after it happened. Um, I was really scared to come over. One, I think because this is something that I didn't realize was going to like trigger me. Yeah. To one, do that, to watch my friend go through something super hard. This is the first time I've watched a friend go through something like this so that really put me in a mm-hmm. we're not trying to make this about me but it put me in a really yeah. um made me really upset and really sad um and then to see how josh was with you and to know that all he did was just be present mm-hmm. and just be there and it wasn't a big ask <laughs> i got in my car when i left and i was just like what the hell Mm-hmm. Like to see that happen and go, I did not get that, which is why my miscarriage bothered me, not while it was happening, but once I had Eric is when those things bothered me because I had a different perspective of what that meant. Yeah. Um. And when I, I, I say this, my parents didn't even know I had a miscarriage right before Eric. I didn't share that with anybody. Um. I think two people knew. Yeah. Um. I kept that super, super private. Um. Because I just knew, you know, this is where my anxiety comes in. I had this deep premonition that something was going to happen. Yeah. Um, Which doesn't help my magic thinking mind when that things follow through. Um, So I experienced that. Didn't tell my parents. Didn't include anybody in that um, thing other than one person. I think it was my friend Aaron. And I think we ended up telling maybe John's sister. I don't even tell my sister. Um, And it's because I felt so goddamn embarrassed Mm. to be going through that or to experience what that was and ended up um, when I was actually miscarrying. So I don't know if we talked about that. I had something called a missed miscarriage. Um, yeah, I think we which, did talk about it. Which means that my body did not recognize that it was no longer alive. Yeah. So I just was holding on to that. My hormone levels were still rising. My body quite literally didn't recognize that it was no longer alive. So I had to take... Um, which is what they call the abortion pill mm-hmm. um, to cause my body to force it into a miscarriage. Um, yeah. And it is one of the most painful things I've ever been through, not even emotionally, very physically, um, to not have a place where I felt like the person I was with had any empathy or understanding to the yeah. point where I got so uncomfortable that I called a girlfriend to take yeah. me to the hospital because I was embarrassed to be in pain. in pain like yeah. that in front of and let that be truly let that be a red flag because i know you are uncomfortable with the term safe right but you weren't safe in that moment to feel everything you were feeling you weren't safe to express it you weren't safe yeah. and and i understand what you mean like i wasn't you know i wasn't abused i wasn't being hurt but you yeah. weren't being heard <laughs> you weren't being you it was you weren't being valued basic lack of human empathy yeah. and care for what you. I was going through. For you. And for it's me. A, it's well, like, I, see, like Josh, the, that's the thing. Like, I, if anything that I've taken from this horrible fucking experience, it's that, like, Josh is ready to be a husband. And I think that was something that I worried all, about. I think we like, all doubted that you know, a little like, bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, d- d- like, why do you want to be a husband? Why? But, like, he really showed in the time that I needed him the most that, like, he is beyond capable 
of loving me through the hard things and being with me on the hard things because that's something I really worried about is that like Josh has a lot of anxiety and a lot of like he he can get kind of irrational and to pull away from yeah you to pull away like from that. me and make it about him and it, I mean he I was I've been open with him about that for ever and I got to see him like follow through in a way that like I mean you can't you can't see yeah. that unless it happens and to be able to go through that and see yeah. the kind of person he's going to be the kind of husband he's going to be the kind of father he's going to be all yeah. that kind of stuff is just like what a breath of fresh yeah. air to have actually and that probably, under these circumstances yeah. fucking sucks but what a what a nice thing to get to yeah experience with him and then to also watch josh like as a friend of josh josh like people who don't know josh is he is hilarious constantly funny everything is lighthearted, nothing is super serious um to watch Josh also be able to step away, grieve on his own, mm-hmm. and feel his feelings while also being able to be there and be present for yours. And then to be able to come together and lean on each other with the mm-hmm. similarity and the the common denominator there yeah. was that you guys both lost that. You both felt yeah. that. It wasn't like you lost a baby and he was like you know oh i don't know um, how to help you yeah i don't know how to help you which is you know i have a friend who just went through um something very similar yeah and and her partner said i'm not gonna stay here all day i'm not the one that's in pain or yeah um what do you want me to do like i can't do anything for you it's like what a what a simple and i think just like being on the other side of this and being able to like talk about that is just like you just had no idea that that was such a simple ask. And to watch yeah. that as your best friend and just said yesterday, to be able to watch our best friend be supported by someone is just what a wonderful thing to watch. And it's like a super inspirational thing. And a, and a breath of fresh air to people like me that have been through a relationship in the past that I didn't have that, Yeah, um, which is why I'm where I'm at now. But to know that there is such a thing mm-hmm. and that it is very possible and that to have that kind of standard is yeah something and to go through things like this isn't something that you have to do alone yeah um and i hope that like if you i mean it's not like i hope that not everybody listening has gone through this yes. but if you've gone through this experience if you've lost a pregnancy and you have seen your partner's true colors through it i know psychologically and madison can attest to this too the like want or need to get pregnant right away again it we, is it i mean it's chemical and it's 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 this it's anxiety a, it is a panic we talked yeah. about that i think before i had before i had ever miscarried before i had ever experienced any of this and this is just another thing remember unless you've been through it you don't have a goddamn clue so yeah. i think just being kind to people who you're yeah. quick to judge about yeah. the way that they're handling things is just another this is always just a quick check to be like yeah. You don't know how you'd handle something like that. Right. I used to get really upset with the people who would have miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. And I'm like, what is, what is it? You take a break. Take, chill you know, chill the, out. The obsession with wanting to get pregnant, the obsession that, you know, like whatever that was, it used to be something that I just was like, why would you want to go through that over and over again? And then I had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And the second that that happened, and the second I had anything come over me that that reality that i experienced for just a second which you you know just mm-hmm. a second that reality of a family of being a mother mm-hmm. of having a life inside your body that whole entire concept mm-hmm. the idea that that might not never be possible mm. was like and you just have to prove it to yourself i as was quick like as possible. no i yeah. mean i was 24 when i got pregnant with eric and that's too young 
I was too young. I was not married. I was not in a relationship where I had even seen the true colors of that. Yeah. Um, I, I was in no well, place. I, just, I, think, I think you saw him, but you said, eh. but I was in no place. Sunglasses, to colorblind. No, rose colored glasses. Yeah. I was in no place to be making the decision right. to go full speed ahead and be like, I'm going to get pregnant right now. Yeah. And I would blow it off as, and that's the thing is I was just like, we're not really trying, but we're trying and I'm, it's going to be hard for me to get pregnant. Um, and it didn't matter who the hell it was with. Yeah. I just, it was completely personal. Right. It was like, I'm going to be a mother right now. Yeah. I want to be pregnant. I want yeah. to make sure that I can obtain this. I, I yeah. like, maybe this is going to happen five other times, but I don't give a fuck. I right. want to get there. I want to get yeah. there now and I want to have it and I want to hold it and I want to be able to say that I am a mom and I'm pregnant. And it became just like a complete obsession. And I and I got pregnant. Yeah. Um with someone that I shouldn't have gotten pregnant with. Right. Um I love Eric. I'm so thankful he's here. I would yeah. not change a single thing about th- that what I get to experience with him um, to right. be his mom and to be here today is just, you know, I'm I'm thankful for that. And I don't ever, you, don't you know, he's almost four. It. I don't we have to rationalize it. it. I am so happy Obviously. I have him. But yeah. the the want and the need to be pregnant immediately is such a strong and, and, and it, it's chemical and it's a depression. It's a depression. It is a level of depression and anxiety that hits you. And the one thing I told Rachel and she said that she was like, I feel like she said this to me the other day when we were sitting at her desk. I feel like we don't have the luxury of time anymore. Yeah, it was an immediate fear that I don't get because Rachel, I don't know if you've known this, Rachel, Rachel is a planner. Rachel likes to have control over things about her life that are super important. And she does lots of things very intentionally, which is very admirable. Um, <laughs> Thanks. You know, she was like, we we want to be married for a year. We want to enjoy our marriage. We want to love each other. We want to get to explore the world. We want to do these things. And that's something that she was very passionate about. Um, and then to have that dream halted in its mm-hmm. tracks to have to switch everything over to just kidding that life that I planned yeah. is now gone and I have to accept this one. So yeah. we've accepted this. We're going to go. We're going to be excited. We're going to be in love and we're going to make it happen right yeah. now to then just kidding smack in the face again. No. Yeah. Um, and I that, think like that- I think what it is if I were to just be like I think what I feel is if I were to just go back to plan A right. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't the right time. It wasn't meant to be. Our time will come. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. Then I would be lying to myself about how badly I fucking wanted plan B. I didn't yes. know plan B was a, was a thing. And if I just say like, okay, well, you know, now we will wait a year. Now we will go travel. Now we know it. Like uh, it's, it's hard to say. But what I was trying to say earlier was if you have been going through pregnancy loss and you are with someone that hasn't been supportive, that isn't on the same page, that you don't feel safe with, that you can't break down with, they are not the partner you should be raising a child with. 100%. Because they have shown you the kind of partner they are. If they are not your partner in grief, they cannot be your partner in life. Because grief hits you at any fucking time. And it is... I, I mean, I've never been more ready to marry Josh ever in my life. I want to marry him right now. We can go downstairs and we can we can get married. Like, I feel so overwhelmed with the – I mean, it's really just the realization that, like, we've got it. We, we have 
we've got what it takes to to do hard things all, together. Yeah. And thank God, like truly, like I, yeah, I mean, truly, I, thank God. I mean, I, it's- yeah, that I that I have that peace going into my marriage. Um, that. But- and then now you get to know exactly what, like, because I think when you try and premeditate what family and kids and, fa- you know, all that looks like, you don't really know. You don't really have a good idea, but you got a glimpse of what it actually did look like. And now you know that he is going to be supportive and you know that. Right. So I think when you were thinking of your timeline before of like this year together was so that we can learn if we can do this so that yeah. we can learn if you're someone I want kids with. So if we can learn these things. And so True. now that you've seen it and you know that it's a reality yeah. the idea of wanting kids is no longer distant and no longer distant daydream it is something yeah. that you want whenever it happens um but what i was saying right before that is the one piece of advice that i have for people and this is it is to give yourself time whether that's a month of true feeling um taking care of your body and your mind before you try and get pregnant again um, obviously some people don't have control over that. They get pregnant away right away just because it happens and that's awesome. But as a friend to talking to Rachel in this circumstance is something that's take care of your body, feel your feelings, grief, this mm-hmm. grief, um, be able to be friends with your grief because mm-hmm. when you get pregnant again, this grief will come up Yeah, and you want to be able to welcome it and say hi to it and sit with it and feel it and then be able to move on not get into a place of trying to run from it and fix it and fix your mind and fix your body and fix what just happened and you you want to be able to go wow this really hurts that was a loss and this is beautiful and great and we're here and we're at this point but that was a loss and i'm going to grieve that and if it comes you are in a place to be able to Mm -hmm. feel it and actually feel it and right. not run from it or try and fill it. And I and unfortunately for me, I filled a void. Mm. Immediately did I fill a void. I was running after a void. And that spiraled into an entire marriage of filling voids. It, it, it spiraled into um I now have a kid and it's still not it's still not enough. I now have um a husband and it's still not enough and and now I have a house and it's still not enough and and now I have all these things and I, I'm just running after, away from this, like yeah. any type of old pain or any grief or any loss or anything that could upset my um, mm-hmm. internal balance is something that you do. And this is just something that as your yeah. friend and to people that are going through this, get yeah comfortable feeling. Yeah. Your I think if you aren't willing to honor your grief you're dismissing a huge part of who you are. Yeah. You're dismissing a huge part of your story. Um, of course, nobody wants to sit in sadness forever. But when you lose a pregnancy or a parent or a sibling or a grandparent. Or a friend or a pet. Yes, I mean, anything. Like, God, you, anything. That gets to be a part of the fabric of who you are because it uh, it affects everything that's important to you. And denying yourself that pain um, it's just doing you a disservice. It, it comes back. It'll always come. Yeah. It's always chasing you. It's always going to show up. It's always going to come full circle and come back to to say, I'm still here. Yeah. I think that that's... I never left. It's never leaving. And until you 
like I said, I, I always say befriend it, be friends and be okay with welcoming, welcoming it in when it comes and hits you. I mean, I've had some of the weirdest, um, raising Eric, um, some of the weirdest things just, just Waves. out of nowhere, things that have, you know, maybe it was the pregnancy loss or seeing you go through this or seeing a friend go through this or things like that, um, where I thought, I'm totally fine with this. I, I mean, that's something that I made my I peace made my peace with that. And it's like, no, you didn't. You never, you never felt that. And so when you get to see things through other friends or people, mm-hmm. um, it smacks you in the face, and then you feel that, and then you don't know how to handle it because you've never handled it and you don't know what to do with it. Um, yeah, be friends with, be friends with grief. Okay, guys, that was, I mean, a heavy one. Was a heavy one. I, I, I didn't what, even think about that yesterday. I think yeah. this is like this sucks that we have to do this again because. But I also got a little time to think about yeah what that actually meant to talk about. Um, and sometimes you know I sat on the couch last night and just hung out for a minute and thought about the things that maybe we didn't talk about yesterday or the things that yeah um I left here feeling that maybe I didn't even know that I felt um so that's something that yeah I feel really strongly and yeah it is heavy it is heavy to even think about. Yeah. Um, loss in general is heavy it's yeah. just a really heavy thing whether that's i mean it doesn't matter what that looks like to the yeah. person that's experiencing it but it yeah. is it is hard and hard to navigate and yeah. i just through this has been that's just my final thing god f- sign up for someone who's gonna be there to support your grief yeah. <laughs> just be someone and and be in a partnership with someone who's yeah. going to support you so that you can grieve. Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize the importance of that as a young 20 year old and you know, I'm only 28, but the difference um, oh, in the yeah. things that I expect and the things that I know from 24 to 28 is a, it feels like a world away. It oh, feels like <laughs> many moons ago. Many moons. <laughs> yeah. We've so. both, we've both had, I mean, our, our lives. I mean, we, we came back into like our deep friendship Four years ago, then was it like right before you had Eric? That. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, like we're, we're encroaching on like four and a half years. I yeah, think, yeah, where we even started to yeah actually it, become yeah and friends again. It's wild to think about the people we were at those points in time, and I say this all the time that like, I mean, I truly, truly believe, no matter what how how i stand religiously that like your mom has played a huge role um like spiritually in us being back yeah together um, it's a common because we literally like we came back into each other's lives when we needed it and it's a friendship that like when when madison's mom died we couldn't we didn't know how to sit we were too young we didn't know how to sit in the grief with each other because i was outraged that her life was like flipped on its head and that her parent her dad was letting it happen i was like i was so pissed and you were just like i have to accept it and i think throughout middle school and high school we would like hang out and like smoke cigarettes together would skip uh, math class together miss larkin's class sorry miss larkin yeah Um, we would skip we would skip math class, go eat Taco Bell, smoke a cigarette together, um, and, and, and not, talk. not we, talk. We did not speak to each other. It was a very weird. <laughs> it was the, one of the weirdest things in the world, and um, to both you know come back yeah. into each other's lives right as our lives were about to again change, change drastically, yeah. and just flip upside down. Um, 
is it is a blessing. Yeah. I'm going to use the blessing word. It is yeah. a blessing. Um, And the, the thing for me and the thing for you is, I mean, my life from the point my mom passed away up is very, like I said, I, I feel, you know, there have been lots of things that are good and lots of things that are bad, but to, you are the only person in my life at all that knew my mother mm-hmm. there. I have no other friends who knew my mom. All my other friends came from sixth grade up where right. nobody knew her. I mean, obviously, I mean, they know of her in some way, yeah. but nobody knew her. Nobody has the, the backstory of, yeah, that and nobody was no to to have a friend that experienced probably one of the hardest things mm-hmm. you've ever gone through um alongside of you and then to be here in the present mm-hmm. and just have them know what you're experiencing instead of having to talk about right. it or try and fill in the gaps has yeah. been um pretty wonderful um especially being someone who doesn't have um yeah. i couldn't tell you what i experienced at that age i have no memory yeah um i'm wiped hashtag trauma I'm just, I'm wiped. I have a very, like, I have a very clear memory mm-hmm. from sixth grade up. Everything before that is very, um, it is not, it is not there. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, I just knew, and I think it's interesting, like, all of this stuff is coming out right before Mother's Day. And so, like, mm-hmm. we want to say, like, we see you, we know you. But your mom had showed me motherhood. Right. Like I had my my mother and she was wonderful. And I mean, our our moms were similar in a lot of ways. You know, they They went all for the birthday parties. They were the Girl Scout moms, you know, goofy. But the authenticity that your mom brought to motherhood was so admirable that the fact that like I remember this like I was 10 years old and I remember how authentically your mom loved you. And that meant imperfectly. Don't get me wrong. For sure. Your mom was a shit, a shit show a shit show 100% <laughs> but she she loved you and live so much like i i i mean i just know like i just remember like feeling like oh my god like she loves this thing like well, she's she why loves, i wanted to be a mom she I loves mean, being a mom to to which like i said i i've always wanted to be a mom but like knowing that there are moms who are that which all moms do their goddamn best. So that's not yeah. even, uh, but my mom specifically is someone who like, those are the only memories I have. And maybe they're from pictures or whatever, but um, being just completely immersed in motherhood and being just like, it's something I haven't even had down yet. Like yeah. being okay with the house being just a shit show and yeah. being okay with um, <laughs> all these things being a mess, but being so like present and being goofy and fun and crafts and you don't um, listen to jackson five enough when you clean I and do i think not. maybe that's, that's the, the problem yeah. yeah good like neuroses <laughs> that's what we need when you clean a jackson five all the thanks time. erica sharp for my inability to clean my house because it didn't come from my my dad and my stepmom <gasps> they 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 had me in check and i said no it's deep within my yeah, bones deep, within my it's bones. deep in my bones um no. <laughs> And, like no. we, you don't have a good p- enough pair of overalls either. I don't. Like you no. need the mom overalls. We need the Jackson Five. There's a there's a something going, but it's a cool. That is a cool thing to have. That you know that about yeah. me, and that I know that about you, and that we have that background to where you know now I am a mother, and and you're going to be a mother, and we get to go through these really hard hard things together, and get to the point where we get to be. Like we get to be those kids again mm-hmm. where we get to raise our, you know, yeah. we're going to, we get to raise our kids together. And yeah. I don't, you know, I have a friend Taylor that has got kiddos, but I can't I say, don't. I can't say that I will let my 
10-year-old daughter with blossoming boobs um, run around shirtless? I didn't have blossoming I didn't I have know, blossoming but I anything. did. I did. And your mom <laughs> would be like, Rach, you're just a kid. It doesn't matter. And I was like, okay. And my Meanwhile, mom was Rachel, like, Rachel, what the fuck? Like, my mom would be horrified. But I was just like, we're just walking around. We're just shirtless oh. in the backyard. I was and I was flat. already in I a was... training bra. So it was inappropriate. Oh, Rachel started appearing in fourth grade. And yeah. I was like, I don't know what that is. Um, no. I have mosquito bite nipples and flat chest and I'm good. And she just would <laughs> run around with no shirt. I was always naked. Like at 10 years old. That's the fifth grade. That's a yeah, it's an age. That is I know old. it's like an adult, like my like like my niece and nephew are at this age and I'm like, what a what a weird <laughs> what a weird age. And I'm just be. trying to hang with Madison, like, oh I could be shirtless. I be I'm shirtless. not I'm not I don't have tits. No. I didn't go to Walmart. I mean, one of my formative memories is shopping for my first training bra because honestly it must have felt so embarrassing. I'll no, never no. forget what it looked like. I was at Walmart with my mom. No, no, didn't experience that. I didn't get boobs until like top of your high school well my boobs have stayed the same size so no, not mine. you know yeah win nope. some lose some but all right wrap-ups wrap, wrap up wrap up wrap up you know here? glad we got to bring up erica rest in peace queen um thanks for coming on madison talking about your trauma twice um and no, thanks for talking about your trauma twice yeah. all week long all that's week another long. thing that fucking sucks do you know how many times you have to explain this thing to people oh my god for the next couple months it's just gonna be like i gotta tell this again yeah. I got to do this again. Well, you see, I was Long pregnant and then short. I'm not pregnant. And then I had emergency surgery and I almost died. And it's like, you're going to pull the, you're going to get to the point. Where you're like, I had a growth. I had a growth. I had a growth. <laughs> it fucked me up. Yeah. I've, Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> we have gone, we have gone away. Yeah. Um, what happened to you? Yeah. How much time do you have? What, what, what version would you like? But yeah. What, yeah. Um, what version would you like? <laughs> but happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's to Day. To every. To the mothers who are not mothers yet to the mothers that are mothers to babies that have not made it to the mothers that have um, are trying to be to any um, woman to any person that plays a motherly role Role. to children in their lives. We see you. We love you. And we'll be back next week. Not Madison. Sorry. (laughs) Madison's like, don't ask me to do this again. Not. Yeah. No, not (laughs) give me and next time. Give me some more heads up. Okay. It's like a casual Monday. And she's like, oh, by the way, tomorrow. It's like, oh, yep, here I am. All right, I'm Rach. I'm Madison. And we out.